good news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded NFL Sunday ticket this season. If you live in an apartment or enrolled in college student, you know what, Tate? I would have never left my room if I'd had Sunday ticket. Now you can get Sunday ticket without a satellite. How good is that? To see if you're eligible, go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code RINGER at checkout and save 15%. And that's not it, Lombardi. We're also brought to you by the UFC pay-per-view. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, not Mickey Mouse, Mighty Mouse, attempts to make UFC history as he defends his title against Ray Borg. Plus, one of UFC's fiercest rivalries will be settled when current women's bantamweight champion Amanda Nunez defends against Valentina Bullet Shevchenko. UFC 215 Johnson vs. Borg, Saturday, September 9th, live on pay-per-view from Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. All right, here's GM Street. Welcome to GM Street. I am here in the studio back on the West Coast and sitting across from me, the man on the front page of the Atlantic City Press this morning, Mr. Mike Lombardi. Lombardi, how you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. You know, I typically don't read the Atlantic City Press. Uh, It's my hometown newspaper, but it is a little bit of a kind of a smallish paper. But unfortunately, my best friend's father died. Mm -hmm. Tony Galeni, his father died the other day. And so I wanted to read his obituary. Okay. So I go to the Atlantic City Press to read Richard Galenti's obituary. Wonderful man. I grew up with him. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. So before I could even get to the obituary to pay my condolences to Tony and his family. What do I run across? I'm in the front page of the press. Like I, like I said something that was revolutionary that Doug Peterson isn't a good coach. How long have I been bitching to you about Doug Peterson? For quite some time. (laughs) I just want to read the headline. So this is on the front page of the sports page of the Atlantic city press. X NFL GM. I don't like how they started with that X. That's not well. We are all X and everything. Yeah, everybody knows Peterson isn't a head coach, and they have your quotable. This came from a a Ringer video that you did when you're you're giving your rules to football out to the world, right? Exactly, and letting people know. Doug Peterson gets asked about it at a press conference. He says Lurie believes in him. The whole Eagles, you know, front office believes in him. So that's enough for him, uh, says Doug Peterson. So we're gonna come full circle here. It's you versus Doug Peterson. <laughs> a new rivalry is born in the no, NFL. No, it's actually me versus the Atlantic City Press. Because then, <laughs> which then pissed me off was that I read the guy's uh, the David Weintraub's article. Is it Wein Weinberg? It's, David yeah, David Weinberg. Weinberg. Okay, I read his article in the thing, and I'm like, and he doesn't even mention that a I worked for Bill Belichick, b I worked for Bill Walsh, c I worked for Al Davis. Oh, and by the way, I've been to three Super Bowls that I won with all three of them. I'm the only human being alive that went to Super Bowls and won with those three men. Not the only human being in South Jersey, the only human being alive, okay? I got you. All right, so he doesn't forget to mention that. And then he mentions that I hired Rob Chizinski. I gave to the Browns when Chizinski was already there. It's like he got all his information off of Twitter. And then this other thing blew me away, Tate. Not that I'm being self-promoting here, but... Then, like, the only draft I ran for the Eagles, the 1988-1998 draft, we mm-hmm. tra- we drafted Trey Thomas, who started at left tackle. Mm-hmm. I traded a second-round pick with Bill Parcells for Hugh Douglas. Mm-hmm. I drafted Jeremiah Trotter in the third round, drafted Alan Rossum, Brandon White, Weeding, and then we drafted Ike Reese, a pro bowler, in the fifth round. And, of course, why would he mention that? So it's, like, disappointing because your hometown paper didn't even know who the hell you are. Well, they start bringing up Barkevius, Mingo, Rob Chizinski. You, you, you know. I take responsibility for Mingo. I no. like Mingo. I was wrong on that. I'll take responsibility for that. I got no problem admitting mistakes. You know that. Heck, I do it all the time. 
I didn't make a mistake on Doug, just so we know this. We can get into this now. But, I mean, I didn't make a mistake on that. But, like, if you want to be critical, I mean, like, today somebody on Twitter was like, he drafted Steve Slayton. Like, Steve Slayton <laughs> drafted by the Houston Texans. Hey, I wasn't even and there. let's put it out there. Steve Slayton was incredible in college. Pat year. White, Steve Slayton. That was a fun team. For anyone talking junk about them, come oh, at me because uh, I love that West Virginia team. Yeah, I love it. I just, I love it. I love it. And then, then you know, you just sit there and listen to it. It's it's fascinating. But the point of the, the my whole point of the video was that I wrote, and that was excellently produced, was the fact that I just don't think Doug's qualified to be a head coach. I think his tenure in Kansas City as quote-unquote coordinator really wasn't coordinator. He didn't call any plays. Mm -hmm. And I think that when he comes to Philadelphia, he's fortunate to have Jim Schwartz. He hired him. But, I mean, for the most part, the Eagles, if you look at their first eight games and then you look at their second eight game numbers, not very good. And, you know, guess guess what they were ranked in close games last year? What's that? 31st. Mm. In games, not great. No, no, I would think that. And to me, (laughs) football's a game of details, right? Yes, sir. And I don't see, I don't see Doug being able to really handle the details. And let's just say this: we all know Philly sports fans. We we all we all have one in our lives. I have quite a few in my life. I remember the Donovan McNabb years. I remember, you know, Nick Foles was going to be the chosen one, and then by week two, they all wanted to get rid of him forever. They are usually the ones that hate on their players, right. their coaches. So to see them actually come together, you've brought Philly sports fans I, together I, for I'm good. I'm a uniter. I'm a I'm uniter. A, <laughs> I'm actually impressed. I'm, I'm proud of Philly fans for finally getting together and trying to be positive for once. So that's good for you. I, I'm a uniter. I united. And I'm a Philly sports fan. Heck, I, I equated it to Roy Rubin. Do you even know who Roy Rubin is? No, I don't. Okay, Roy Rubin. When I was growing up, Roy Rubin became the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, and this was the year they won nine games. Mm-hmm. And Roy got fired, I think, after 46, 48 games. He was from the Long Island Blackbirds. He was a good, successful college coach. And for whatever reason, they couldn't get a good coach to come in. So they hired Roy. Mm -hmm. What's a little bit the same story of Philadelphia? They wanted to hire Ben McAdoo, okay? And they settled on Doug Peterson. Like, And the reality of this is, look, Doug Peterson standing in front of his team. He doesn't even control half the team. I just think to me it's it's uh, that's why I equated it to Doug Peterson because Doug wasn't really qualified. Why, why I equated it to Roy Rubin? He wasn't qualified to run the Sixers. Fred Carter in the video said that it was like having a child run the organization. Well, I think this is a little bit the same. I just think it's uh, it's interesting that the, the you Philly like fans- this. You like no, that they're no, coming I, after me. No, you love it, Tate. No, I'm just reading. I just can't believe that this many Philly fans have actually. They're saying so many nice things about Doug Peterson. It's unbelievable. And, and Tate, they, the last two <laughs> games of the season, they won. Okay, they beat they beat the Cowboys. Yeah, and they beat the Giants. And the Giants really were playing for a wild card berth. So maybe that was a good win. But they were on this that losing streak. You would think they would be in my corner here. Like they were after the after they beat the Atlanta Falcons. They went on a four or five game losing streak. I mean, then they're, they're, they're giving me crap. They lost in Cincinnati to that Cincinnati Bengal team that had a hard time beating anybody. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this so is just. I, I don't understand the love. I don't, I, I'm I, overwhelmed with the positivity I'm seeing. I was going to read some tweets out to you. Please it, feel it, free. Go ahead. Call me an idiot. I, it, no, it, it, it's just all nice things about Doug Peterson, how he deserves more credit. And Mike Lombardi, you don't have a place to, to comment. That's on us to say negative things about him. <laughs> People are complimenting Nick Foles and how Doug Peterson's brought Foles back into the fold. And all, it's uh, remarkable. It's, Did it's, anybody it's, mention the two-yard challenge that he had? Do you remember that, Tate, last no one's, year? No one's bringing up any of this. No, no the two-yard challenge. Does anybody brought up the fact that last that under Chip Kelly, see, you're not allowed to say this, they were 11th in the league in penalties on special teams, but under Doug, they went down to 24th, same team. I mean, does anybody want to talk about the record in close games? We mentioned that. How about this one, Tate? First drive of the game, first quarter of the game, where do you think the Eagles rank? Now, Doug's an offensive guru, right? 
Okay, he's an yes. offensive guru, right? That he's got the rue and the guru, right? Absolutely. All right. So, what do you think they rank in points scored in the first quarter? Hit me with it. Twenty sixth. Okay. <laughs> Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Right. Just be fair and like look at look at the facts. Look at what you're seeing. I mean, they lose to Seattle, they lose to Green Bay, they lose to Cincinnati, they lose to Washington, they lose a close game to Baltimore. That you know, like stop me. Please. Like, and all of a sudden they beat the Giants and the Cowboys, and all of a sudden we're going into the season. Like, this is gonna be great. I don't get it. I would have, I mean, I expect Miami Dolphins fans to maybe like Doug Peterson and really stick up for him, but I just can't believe these Eagles fans are doing this. I can't either, and especially, but here's the key. Here's the key. The Eagle fans, they're allowed to yell at their coach. I'm not, since I'm not technically an Eagle fan, but I grew up there. I mean, I know how hard it is. I think it's going to be a challenge for Doug. Do you get get this? And then when I, what really sent me over the edge. Now, I've been bitching about Doug privately for probably the last year, Okay. You know, every podcast I would do with Bill, we would have a conversation about, and I would kind of talk about things off the right. We never put it actually on. Mm-hmm. But what sent me over the edge was this preseason training camp. Like this, he, Carson Wentz played 50 plays this preseason. Tom Brady played 53. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, you got to get your team ready to play the season. He's confusing with getting his team healthy for the season. Well, if you don't practice and you don't do anything, your team will be healthy for the season. But you got to play four quarters against Washington, the heat and humidity. You got to get your team ready to go. Now, people say, well, you know, Brady played 53 plays. You know, they they practiced against two different teams. I know Miami came up there and practiced with them, but I think Brady's one of the few players at 40 could take a little less reps than the great Carson <laughs> Wentz, who's you know who really hasn't done anything in the NFL, who at, who is below 50 percent on throws over 10 yards. Did you know that tape? Well, let me just tell you right now. I can tell you Doug Peterson's offense. It's a fake bubble screen and a slant. That's what's, what what he did was <laughs> here's what he did when he left Kansas City. He got all of Andy Reid's plays uh-huh. and took him right with him to Philly. That's my point. That's what I was complaining about with him last year is all he's done is copied Andy Reid's playbook. It would be like you and me deciding we're going to open up a restaurant over here on Sunset with the great Jim Cunningham. The three of us are going to go in business and mm-hmm. Jim's going to print all of Emerald's recipes <laughs> offline. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we're going to go in the kitchen and cook them. Yep. How long do you think we'd be in business? Yeah. Not too, not, not too long. long. Not yeah. too long. No. Uh, and that's what, that's what Philadelphia does. And what you don't understand when you watch the – it's about the adjustments to the game. Like, when are you making the adjustments? If your second half – for example, if your second half – when you just look at the second half of games last year, when you watch them, the fourth quarter, Carson Wentz averaged 5.5 yards per attempt down the field. That's the fourth quarter. When the game matters, mm-hmm. when strategy matters, he didn't do anything. It, it was unbelievable. He threw one touchdown pass in the fourth quarter last year. He had three picks. He was sacked 13 times in the fourth quarter. Now, why are you defending him? Like, why are people hitting me on this? Like, I don't understand it. Like, you should be sitting there saying, we deserve a great coach. You know why they don't have a great coach? Because they want to have a front office to Howie Roseman, who has the greatest quotes in the history of quotes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, Howie has some great quotes. Can I give you one? Yeah, please. He just said he, all, he has eight <laughs> offensive linemen that could be starters in the league. Eight, okay? Two of them were starters. On, one of them was starters on his team that he benched. Other one was a starter on the Tennessee team that benched it over there. And then they dra- and this young draft pick who got called for holding more times in one game than I've ever seen in my life. But yet he's got eight starters in his offensive line. It's remarkable. And he's the guy that traded Eric Rowe to New England mm-hmm. because he wasn't going to sign him three years from now. Do you remember that quote? Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right, so anyway, this is fun. This is You got me on a yeah. warpath. You got no, me going. I, you got me going today. I'm sure Doug Peterson's a really nice guy. We're just going to put that out there. This is not personal. It's I've not never personal. met Doug Peterson. Yeah. I'm observing uh, him. That, I'm watching That's what him. a lot what I'm seeing. A lot of people are thinking that you and Doug Peterson have some sort of uh, tortured past or something. No. None not, of that is true. Not this, at all. Not at all. I mean, like, look, I'm really, I have nothing against Doug. I think this. 
I think becoming an NFL head coach is really difficult. I think you have to prepare your career to become a head coach. I don't think preparing your career as a quality control coach for two years and an offensive coordinator in title only is really going to allow you to step into the arena and to, to take on the great coaches in the NFL. I just don't see it. And I think Philadelphia, a, a franchise that's worth over $2 billion, deserves to have the best head coaches. How happy is Jim Caldwell right now that you did not call him out? <laughs> Jim Caldwell has done more in his career to get become where he is. Like I don't, I don't critique Jim Caldwell. Yeah. Do I think Jim Caldwell is a great head coach? No, but I think Jim Caldwell has earned the right to keep going because he's went through the system. He's not just he didn't coach two years in high school, three years, and all of a sudden become a head coach. Yeah. He took some bad losses at Wake Forest to of get where he's he going. Did. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's learned the same way. So, like, that to me is like, you're asking this guy, it's like promoting a, a colonel, a, not even a colonel, you're promoting a, a sergeant to general. Mm -hmm. like, like, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't check out. Um, that That's just been a lot of fun Eagles talk. I, I'm proud that we brought Philly together. Uh, everyone think Mike Lombardi. Be more positive, Philly. Keep it positive. You know, my favorite restaurant in Philly is the Saloon. It's it's an old-fashioned Italian restaurant in South Philly. I love going there. But now I'm afraid I'm going to get murdered there. I'm going to be like Angelo Bruno and get shot in front of it because people are going to be so pissed off at me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is uh this has been fun. Um let's talk about something else that happened. Uh we okay. get TJ Ward. Yep. He's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a move that uh he got waived by the Broncos. We mentioned this on, on uh, Monday's podcast obviously. But you think this is going to be a really good move for that defense for the Buccaneers and they yep. maybe could even today uh Bill and Sauer saying that they think the Bucs could be a top 10 defense. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I think Tampa I think Tampa's a really good defense. They're the best red zone team, best third down team in football last year. And now they get a guy in their locker room that has the experience of having been through the journey. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of teams don't understand it. Again, not picking on Doug, but you have to understand, you have to educate your team on how to get through the journey. And I think sometimes when you have players in your locker room that has done that, it helps you as a coach. If Dirk Cotter has somebody in his room that he can rely on to help Mike Evans, hey, look, Mike, this is what it takes to be a champion. I mean, I know Deshaun Jackson has been a good player for a long time in the NFL, but he's never won a title. He's mm -hmm. never held a, He's never beat a team in a Super Bowl. Those messages from players are powerful. And I think that Tampa getting this kid in their locker room that has done this before I think it really helps them, and I think it'll make them a better defense. I really do. Whether he's a good a player as J.J. Wilcott, I think he's better than J.J., but for me, I thought this will help them off the field as much on the field. And remember, Brent Grimes is there too, and Grimes is a guy that right. he seems to be not not necessarily like a vocal leader. He seems he's sort of a quiet guy, right. sheepish guy. He doesn't but... know. His wife's the leader. I mean, she <laughs> says all the things there. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, but look, they need somebody. Like you, they have a really good defense. Jerome McCoy's really good. Yep, Devontae McCoy's David's amazing. really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have some really good players on defense, Vernon Hargraves, but they need somebody in there who's going to teach him how to be a tough guy. I mean, one thing when I was at the Niners with Ron, Ronnie Lott taught the team how to be tough. Right. And that torch gets passed on. When you look at New England and you look at some of the great teams, they always have players in the locker room that teach the other players how to be tough. I think that's what Tampa was lacking. And I think this really will help them. I like it. All right, Tate, before we move on, I want to point out that for over 20 years, DirecTV has been the exclusive home to NFL Sunday Ticket, the only way to get every live NFL game every Sunday. I'm watching every Jet game this year, Tate. I won't miss one. I like it. Good news for NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded their service. If you live in an apartment or enrolled as a college student, you can now get NFL Sunday Ticket without a satellite. To see if you're eligible, go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv and stream every NFL Sunday Ticket game this season 
to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code RINGER at checkout. Save 15%. Again, that's NFLSundayTicket.tv. Promo code RINGER. And if you didn't know about football and watching football, we got more to tell you. Every throw, every catch, every two-minute drill, every fourth and inches. If it's NFL football and it happened, NFL Game Pass has got it. My favorite game of last season, which I've mentioned quite a few times here, was when the Panthers faithfully lost to the Falcons in Week 3, and it led to the Falcons going to the Super Bowl later in the season. I can replay the game from every angle with NFL Game Pass, even if I don't want to. Whatever your favorite game is, NFL Game Pass has got it. Better yet, they've got you covered for this year's action, too. Full game replays, got it. Condensed games with all the action packed into 45 minutes, absolutely. Exclusive coaches film from the All-22, that's for sure. Like I said, if it's NFL football and it happened nfl game pass has got it best of all you can kick off the 2017 nfl season with a free nfl game pass trial sign up now at nfl.com slash the ringer that's nfl.com slash the ringer and if you're a philadelphia sports fan please don't be mean to mike lombardi all right next all right lombardi uh, were we just sponsored by the doug peterson group (laughs) did he sponsor us not anymore he's out on us uh he is wow i i just can't believe because all these years, Andy Reid just got so much flack being in Philadelphia. I never heard anyone say anything nice about no, the guy, really. And, and Andy, other than other than his game management, I mean, his teams were tough. They practiced hard. Andy they got were his fun team, to watch. They I mean, Westbrook all the way up to McCoy. He was creative with what he did. I haven't seen one creative thing of the Eagles. And there's no numbers, like there's no stats that tell me that they are creative. Like there's no stats. They just copy this. They signed Blunt to a, to a contract because they want a really good short yardage runner. So on third and one against the in a preseason game, they run sprint right option. Like I, I, like when are you going to get your goal line and short yardage work if you don't do it in the game? Yeah, and I they mean, and they started putting out to the world that they're looking for another back besides Blunt. And you but, know he sees that. Right, uh, of course. Uh, but yeah, but then they're going to keep all the draft picks, even though the draft picks didn't make it. Why? Because Howie's not going to let any of his draft pick goes because then it would look bad to the media. He can't do that. Oh, this has been fun. I, do, I think we should just talk about Philly sports like every every well, we episode. We'll talk about the like Sixers fi- when they get going. Yeah, we'll 15, talk about the process. Whatever we need. Uh, another story, another, just speaking of rookies, uh, Mitchell Trubisky is the second, you know, the backup quarterback to Mike Glennon right now with the Bears. But people may not know this, but Mark Sanchez, the huh. Sanchez himself, still in the league. How is this possible? The third string quarterback for the Chicago Bears, and he's taking reps from Mitchell Trubisky. Why is he? Why are they keeping him? Like, I, it blew me away that they they claimed the punter. They're the only team in the league that came the that claimed the punter, right? Yep. And then they cut him. Now they're on the hook for the four hundred k. They're going to be on the hook for the whole salary of Sanchez if he's on the team on the opening day of the season. I mean Aguayo, right? The, Aguayo, yeah, yeah, right. Aguayo. They yep. claimed him. They cut him. They keep a. They kept. They they took Tampa. Tampa must have had a party. If I were the owner of the Bucks, <laughs> we should. You know, let's just throw a hundred thousand dollar party. You know, like the one. Like, have you been watching Narcos? Yeah, a little bit. Or you see the party they have when they bring everything. To, like they could have one of those parties, right? Yeah. For hundred G's, you could have a hell of a party, right? <laughs> yeah, you absolutely. Can, Especially can, yeah, can, down can, in Florida. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, why not? Because we just saved for three hundred grand. <laughs> why not? They were never expecting anybody to pick up that guarantee from them. Trust me on that. So they do that, right? Uh-huh. And then they turn around and they get and and they they have Sanchez in there, and they're going to guarantee his salary by Saturday at four o'clock. For what? You're going to put Sanchez in a game ahead of Trubisky? What do you think Soldier Field is going to do when you do that? I think they're going to boo. They're going to go crazy. You just gave up <laughs> the all these. The Bears right? will be out. You're playing Glennon. They're tolerating that, right? Yep. Okay, they're tolerating that. Now you're going to say to them, no, 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 wait a minute. We think it's going to take two injuries for Mitchell to get in the game. Look, I'm not, I wasn't in love with Trubisky coming out in the draft. I was questioning whether he had enough practical experience. And now, you know what? He doesn't have any experience. Mm-hmm. So 
Here Sanchez is going to get the back. If he's the two in the game, you're not dressing three quarterbacks for the game. Now you're going to keep Trubisky not even dressed? I mean, what's going on here? Explain it. I think Mark Sanchez learned a lot from uh, Mark Brunel, like on how to be a backup when he was his well, backup. Mark Brunel was good, though. No, that's not fair no, that's to Mark what, Brunel. That's what I'm saying. I think Sanchez learned a lot about how to act. I'm sure he's a nice, good guy, good, capable backup. Probably tries to, you know, give some advice to the younger Mark. guys. Like, I think Mark Sanchez should be back in He should be back in Dallas. He should be the backup back in Dallas. It would help. Or, help. or like maybe with Atlanta. What if he was Matt Ryan's backup instead of Matt would, Schaub? That would make sense. That would make sense. To, like, I'm not against Sanchez. Like, yeah. I'm not against Sanchez. I'm against this whole keeping three quarterbacks when Trubisky should be the two and he should be taking all the reps. Here's my favorite Mark Sanchez. This is just out of nowhere. What if Mark Sanchez was on the Rams? I feel like he would be the best quarterback on the Rams. Yeah, well, nobody's allowed to say that because everybody thinks that the Rams are magically Jared Goff's going to turn around. <laughs> Remember that game he had against the Raiders when people said how he, he was? He is going to get you wrecked. Can, you should have read my tweets after that. I'm, I was called an idiot 15,000 times. But people don't really understand. I worked for Al Davis for 10 years. You can call me an idiot on Twitter all you want. If you worked for him for 10 years, you've been called everything a lot worse. And it was a lot more intimidating because he was really smart. Some of these people that are saying what they're saying, I'm not so sure. Well, they just like to read what they're saying. Which exactly is, right. Which is always fun. Um, wow. I just I keep thinking about Mark Sanchez with the Rams. It makes me happy. Maybe uh, even Matt Liner might be better than Jared Goff at this well, point. Well, okay, Matt, Mark Sanchez is on a, on a team. How about Kellen Moore? He's on a team. Can hey. you imagine? We said this on Monday. Kellen Moore got cut. We were very sad about that, but you said he was going to come back. He gets re-signed by the Cowboys. Right. Congrats Kellen to him. Kellen Moore, the ultimate bus player. Because here's why. You know what Expl- a bus player Yeah, explain a bus player. you know what a bus player is? Okay, here's what a bus player is. Every team has a bus player, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a player Not that, Jerome Bettis. Not Jerome Bettis. It's a player that the coaches absolutely have to have, even though he's not very good. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to have him. Because the only reason they have to have him is because when you get on the team bus in the morning to go to the stadium, the bus would have nowhere to go if that guy wasn't on it to tell the bus driver. Hey, the stadium's over here on Fourth and Park. That's where we got to go, right? Yep. Like nobody would know. When I was in when I was in Oakland, we had this one player that he was the bus. I call him the bus player. He, unless he was on the team bus, we couldn't get to the stadium. And every team has one. Kellen Moore's one. We used to call those in high school the boost players, and that was for GPA purposes. But you know, we don't have to get that into was, that. Did you have GPA back then too? <laughs> we didn't have it when I was on our bus. We had little rinky dick yellow buses. But I mean, that's what. Can you imagine re-signing Kellen Moore after that preseason? I'm I'm proud of him. Boise like State, him. congrats I mean, to Boise State. I mean, I think it, to me it's the great thing about America. Anybody can earn a check. Why not? Right? Yeah. He's the new Steve Young, right? Um, just kidding, everyone. Uh, moving on to, wait, should we talk about the actual football? We have real football this week. We have real Lombardi. football tomorrow. Yeah, we have real football. Isn't that exciting? Thursday it's, night football. Here we go. It, can it be like, what? We, let, let's take a little break before we go there. Did you watch college ball this week? I'll just say this. I've had a lot of people that are on. We, we're in Los Angeles. A lot of people on the on this coast. So did you take a lot of crap for the Cal win over well, North Carolina? And Well, I, I could care less. But the people on the left. Le- such a tar hell. You could care less about the football program. <laughs> but you absolutely. You, if, they, if Cal would have beaten them in basketball, you would have been like, you would, would have to take you over to the hospital. I, I've Once Butch Davis left North Carolina, I was uh, pretty much on the outs. Uh, but I will say this. A lot of people in Los Angeles that I've talked to, they only think two games happen. The South, the Southern Cal game and the uh, UCLA game. Right. It amazes me. And right. then when I was at home, no one even knew that those teams played no, football. No, no, no. So just the dichotomy in the coastal football viewing is really, if really impressive. If you say USC on the East, everybody thinks you're talking about South Carolina. Yeah, but they, they have a tough time as it is. They're not yeah. Carolina. They're not Southern Cal. They have an identity crisis every they year. They do. They do. But it was I, 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 the reason I bring up college football, it was fun to have college football back. Oh, absolutely. It was fun to have it. That Monday night game, Georgia Tech, Tennessee. I mean, Butch Davis has... Butch Jones has 10 lives. I mean, for him to come back and win that game, uh, you just knew they weren't going to get the two-point 
play. I mean, you just kind of knew that yeah, you Butch, felt it. Butch Jones has nine lives and he wasn't. And then the, the UCLA-Texas A&M game was the game who whichever coach lost was going to be on the hot seat. Now Kevin Sumlin's on the hot seat. He has a 44-10 to lead. I don't think he felt like – it's a little bit like uh, Dan Quinn. I don't think he realized who his opponent was in that game. But it was fun. Now we get real football on Thursday night. Absolutely. Uh, college football is going to keep getting better this year, I think. Too. I think so. I yeah. think people were tuned in. We were talking about this earlier. It seemed like a lot more people – I just think they wanted to have football back. Right. No, it's important. The offseason was pretty boring, and now we have real football on the way, and people will really get into it. The first game, obviously, is the defending champs, New England Patriots, playing the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a – for. For people that don't realize, I mean, the Chiefs have always, and Andy Reid in general, Andy Reid versus Bill Belichick is a great head coaching matchup to open the football season. And the Thursday night game is always fun. Alex Smith is obviously the starter. Pat Mahomes, a lot of people thought that he may challenge for that job. Apparently, he's not even close to challenging for that job. It's still Alex Smith's team. Justin Houston, there, there's been a lot of a right. lot of headlines heading this game. Justin Houston says the way to beat Brady is to hit him a lot. Of course. So that, that's a good that's a good yeah. rivalry to watch within the game. Um just in general, it's a nine-point favorite to the Patriots. Uh, what are you looking for in that game, and what, what's probably the best storyline heading in? Well, I, I think a couple factors here. I, I think Kansas City is you know can play this role pretty well. I mean, nine points is a lot of points to give a team. Absolutely. And I mean, Kansas City is a good team. And nine points. Opening games are really hard because opening games are always about something unique is going to happen. No team showed anything in the preseason in terms of scheme. So special teams wise, there's always a fake punt. There's always an onside kick. Andy Reid's done done them both in the opening game of the preseason. So there's always something to steal a possession. I just think if you're New England, you have to be able to control Kansas City's offense on first down. That's the most important down period. Because if you don't, and they can get into the second and sixes, then Alex Smith can. If they keep, get ahead of the chains, that's all right. Alex Smith's game. Right. They got to find a way to create negative plays. They got to find a way to win up front. And I think if they can do that and force the game into Alex Smith's hands where he's to throw it down the field, that becomes better. They're going to double Tariq Hill. Tyreek Hill, they will double him the minute he steps on the field. There's no way he's not getting doubled, and they'll take away Kelsey because Kelsey's not a blocker, so they're going to play him to be in the passing route. And I think if they take away those two options, Kansas City's going to have to beat New England playing really without Hill and Kelsey. Do they have enough players? I don't know. But it's kind of funny. the They almost mirror each other a little bit as far as their weapons on offense. You have your Brandon Cooks, which is your Hill. You have your Gronkowski, which is your Kelsey. Right. And then the running back position is kind of just like a, a merry band of guys, whoever you're going to get out there. I have one question about a guy, Rex Burkhead. I know he's a new guy in there. He's from Nebraska. A lot of people may remember him from his college days. I feel like he could be a big player he's on this gonna team. He's going to be huge. I think Rex Burkhead is going to be everybody's fantasy delight come mm-hmm. th- Friday morning. I think Rex Burkhead's going to be the guy that Brady can run the whole offense with him on the field. Again, you know, when we had LeGarrette Blunt, LeGarrette was a good runner, but LeGarrette really struggles in pass protection. Mm-hmm. LeGarrette struggles in the passing game. He shouldn't. He's got average hands and he's hard to Huge tackle. Huge size. And he's hard to tackle in space. The yeah. problem is relying on him and trusting him in the passing game. That's where Philadelphia is going to get in a problem with them. And I think with Burkhead, they have a big guy who can make plays in space. So it makes their offense more dangerous. And then with Hogan in the slot, they're going to find the corner that they feel like they can work on. They won't throw the ball. They won't throw the ball in the direction of Marcus Peters the whole time. I mean, they'll be very careful over there. And I think what you'll see with New England is they'll take advantage of the matchups that favor them offensively. But this game's going to – I think this game will be closer than nine points because all opening games are hard to handicap. I don't know how Cousin Sal and Bill did, but they're hard to handicap. And just looking at the new pieces on the Patriots, I mean – Edelman goes down, which is unfortunate for them. But is there a guy outside of Burkhead, one of these new guys that you feel like will be 
I mean, I guess Hogan is probably going to be the main guy in offense Hogan's, now. Hogan and Burkett are going to benefit. I think De- I think Deion Lewis and James James White will have their roles. Mm-hmm. I, I think Marcus Cannon and really Nate Solders missed all of preseason, mm-hmm. and he's going to come back. Those are the key. The tackles, blocking Justin Houston and blocking uh, D Ford are going to be the key components of this game. And they have an advantage. When you play at home, they can do their no tempo. They can change it. When you play an arrowhead, it's much harder. And I think that you can control If they control the pass rush, they'll put 30 points on the board. Yeah, it'll be loud in Foxborough. That yeah, I mean, game. they get to raise the banner. I mean, it's a hard place to play to begin with because the fans typically go in there expecting to win. And But this game, there's a lot more energy in the stadium. And I think Brady will come out and, and he'll come out playing his usual self. And look, the opening days, fourth quarter comes down to who's the best conditioned team. That's really what's going to matter. Absolutely. And getting off football a little bit uh, to the outside with talking about the championships in general with the Patriots. Did you see this today? They said they're going to build five Lombardi statues that are 25 feet tall. And I didn't know if they're going to be statues of you that were no, 25 no, no, feet no, no. tall, which I thought would be a little strange. But yeah. apparently they're the trophies. I mean, 20 foot, 25 foot football. Good, good one there. I like that. No, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, they should. Look, it's a tremendous organization. People are jealous about the success. I'm happy for them because, I mean, one thing about them, they don't take success lightly. Every year is a new year. And whether they win on Thursday night or lose on Thursday night, they'll take the same approach going into the next week's game. Absolutely. Uh is there a game where, you know, past Thursday, people football will be back and everyone will be excited. Is there a game this Sunday that's really got you going that you're ready, ready to watch you know, a team? I'm anxious to see the, the, the I'm anxious to see your Raiders. The Raiders play Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see that game because, you know, whenever a team from the West Coast who's trained up in Napa Valley, you know, when you when we train in Napa Valley, you get up in the morning, it's cold. Mm-hmm. You know, and around ten o'clock when the sun breaks through, the grapes are starting to grow, it gets hot. Well, you know, you can't really simulate Tennessee weather in Napa Valley. Absolutely not. That humidity is a different thing. All right. So the Raiders are back. They're wearing black jerseys. They'll be in the heat and humidity back there. Traveling. Traveling across the country. You know, I want to see Tennessee, how they handle it. This is truly now Tennessee has a home field advantage. Mm-hmm. They have the weather in their favor and they have the crowd noise in their favor. Can they slow down this this attack of the Raiders? I think that's going to be a fascinating game. And I think the Raiders have to prove that they can cover different kind of receivers. They'll cover the, the bigger, taller guys, but can they cover the quick-footed guys that can move around? Can they cover Corey Davis? First time we're going to see him. Mm-hmm. Who are they going to match up on Delaney Walker? I, I think this is a game where Tennessee could – prove to people that they're a better team. I don't think they're a great team, but this is a game where we're going to find out really how good the Raiders are because this is one they should win on paper, but the elements and some of the situations are against them. It's the classic 21st century Raiders. The Raiders that I've grown up watching that they would fall flat on their face in this game. You know, I think it's just going to be hard. I mean, what what, what it's difficult, the weather is more of a factor in September than it is in December. Mm -hmm. You can get ready for cold. You can go outside and practice with cold balls and frozen balls. But when you play in the heat and humidity and you're playing in, you know, even if it's the Chicago game or even in Washington with the Eagles, once you lose your ability to recover and you're not hydrated enough, your legs don't come back. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, like you can go in and take all the IVs you want. You're done. And you don't have enough depth on your team to handle it. And so these these games are so close on on opening day weekend. They're either blowouts or so close because the teams aren't really ready to play because they've been too interested about being healthy as opposed to being ready for the opener. That's why this Tennessee game is fascinating. I want to see really what kind of Raider team there is. 
And, and if they are, Lynch comes out there and bangs them around and they save him for the fourth quarter, which is what they could do, then I think they're really good. And flipping on the other side with the Titans, I mean, Mariota, I mean, he could possibly be the best quarterback in that division, quote unquote, if he lives up to the expectations. Right. Yeah, but there's so many missing pieces. I mean, you got Corey Davis didn't practice. Eric Decker really hasn't played in a preseason game. Can they get this receiving court? Can they make enough plays? And can the Raiders slow down this run game? I mean, look, DeMarco Murray's a really good player. And when you get tired, what's the last thing you, what's the first thing you do? You play hide. Your pad level goes way up. And that's what's going to happen to the Raiders in this game. And Tennessee needs to be able to take advantage of it. I think it's a fascinating game to watch. I think it's really, it's, it's going to be, weather's going to determine it. And, and I think the other game that I, I'm going to enjoy watching, just from the, the, the whole Houston Texan coming together as a mm-hmm. city when Jacksonville goes in there. I think that's going to be remarkable. Oh, and the other thing is Miami's game's been the, now changed to week 11 of the season. So Miami and Tampa Bay will play 17, 16 straight games. How do you no feel about th- how do you feel about that? I mean, and they have a London game thrown right. in there too. I think it's I, I just think it's t- it's tough, but I, I think if I were the team, I would rather do that than play in some other location. Like where you to go to move your team and go play. The last time that happened was 2008, I believe. Right, they played Detroit. Well, Detroit didn't Detroit play? Didn't Buffalo have to go to Detroit? Buffalo played in Detroit in 2008. Yep. All right. So, like to me, there was nobody in the stands. It takes away the whole effect of the game. I, I think you have to do what's best for for the players and the fans. This might not be best for the players in terms of playing 16 straight. But I don't know another way around it. There's no way you could have played that game. With mm. look, I'm no expert on the weather, but it looked like the like that hurricane's going to hit. I was hoping they would try to play it like in the uh, the Jacksonville Stadium, like where they play the Georgia Florida, like try to move it to a college game or college. But the weather's going to be probably just as bad up there. Yeah, you, you don't. Maybe. And I don't. I, you, you know, look, I'm not. We're not weather. We're not. Yeah, I'm not a meteor, I will say that right now. I mean, but they could shift off the shore. You don't really know. I think they were going to have to get out of the state of Florida, and I don't think that would have been an advantage for them. It's sad we're not going to see Jay Cutler week one. I will say that. Yeah, well, another week to get ready. Absolutely. Uh, one of the games I that I just had out there that I'm pretty excited for is Seahawks Packers. Yeah, I think, I think that, that that's game. like the NFC class of the NFC. See if uh, the Packers have really figured it out on I think defense. It'll be a great game. I, I I think these two teams. Let me say this: I think these two teams could easily play in the conference championship game later and, in the season. And this season. could dictate home field advantage. This could it really could and and. I just think Seattle's going to be a really good team. Look, they only had 19 turnovers last year. I think they're going to be much better. I think Sheldon Richardson, you could just see it. He already made the comments, man, this is a different locker room than it was at the Jets. I think they'll keep him in line. Absolutely. Well, that has been a great addition to GM Street Lombardi. I'm All worried right. about you. I'm worried I'm, these uh, Phillies fans are going to come after will you. Will you start my car before I leave here today? Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll hire someone if you need. I, I don't I don't have any money, but I can try. I can try to track someone down. I don't know. Maybe Chuck Norris is around or something. I don't know. We'll figure something out. All right. Well, this has been GM Street. We will be back. Thanks. Thanks again to NFL Game Pass. Every throw, every catch, every fourth and inches. Whatever your favorite game is, NFL Game Pass has got it. Better yet, they've got you covered for this year's action, too. Get game replays, condensed games, all 22 coaches film, and more. If it's NFL football and it happened, NFL Game Pass has got it. So kick off the 2017 NFL season with a free NFL Game Pass trial. Sign up now at NFL.com slash The Ringer.